Good morning, good morning. I'm glad that you are here. We are in the middle of this sermon series on seasons. And so, man, we have had a, a great couple of weeks. Um, we, we, we based this whole series uh, kind of off the idea of what Solomon tells us in Ecclesiastes. In Ecclesiastes 3.1, you know this because you could probably sing it thanks to Simon and Garfunkel or a few other people. But Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, uh, some of you young people are like, who is Simon? And, do they go to this church? Just time, they, they, must, uh, they must be, in, I don't know. They're in my small group. So Ecclesiastes says in 3.1, it says, for everything there is a season a time for every activity under heaven. There is a season for everything. And this past week, we have been in the season of rain. And I don't know about you, but it's been good to see the season change from the season of rain to the season of not rain. They say that rain, that the April showers bring May flowers. I think that the May showers are going to bring water lilies because that's all that's going to be left by the time we get to the summer if it keeps raining as much as it did. Uh, another thing in, in, uh, in, in seasons, so last night we had the opportunity to have a crawfish boil at the house. We had people over. It is, we're right towards the end of crawfish season. And, um, you know, that's another thing that is, is seasonal, right? You don't want to eat crawfish out of season. It's not a good thing to have crawfish boils in August. Um, if you find live crawfish in August, you might want to question where they came from. And seasons are just something natural that happen. We notice seasons. We go through them not just in, not just in what happens with the weather, but in our lives. And so that's what we've been digging into during this series is these different seasons. And so the first week, Pastor Pitts talked about spring, that spring is a time for planting new things. It's a time for new things to start and to plant. And Pastor Pitts said that, that spring is God's way of saying one more time. It's a new beginning. It's I'm not done. There's something new here. There's something new to start. And then last week, Pastor Tashanti, which let's give it up for Pastor Tashanti. Last week, she, she talked about summer, and it was amazing. I, I feel so blessed to be in a church where we have so many gifted teachers to be able to come, and for her to be able to come up last week was awesome. She talked about summer, and she talked about that in the summer season, as we grow, we experience the warmth of God, we experience the light of God's presence, and that we see the maturity that comes from the word of God as we grow deeper in it. It's the time of growth during the summer season. Today, I get the pleasure of talking about fall. Fall is the time of harvest. It's the time when we get to see what's grown and go harvested. It's the time we get to enjoy the fruits of our labor. And then next week is winter, but I'm not going to tell you about that because we don't know what it's going to be yet. We'll find out when Pastor Pitt shares it with us next week. But we're going to talk about the harvest season today. And as we jump into that, the first thing I want to talk about with the harvest season is what we can, what we can learn, what we can observe during the harvest season. And there's a few things that I just want to share and us write down that we can learn from the harvest season. And so the first one is this. In the harvest season, we reveal our fruits. We reveal our true fruits. That's what happens in the harvest season. In the harvest season, we get to see the true fruits 
fruits of things. And sometimes we look around and we see people, and we see people that, that they kind of act one way, but they might be a little different. And then all of a sudden, we see the fruit of who they really are. We see how they act. They might talk a certain way, but then we see the fruit of their actions, and we get to see the, rev- the revelation of who they truly are. Matthew 7.20 says, Yes, you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. The actions of people are the fruit. We all know the the saying, you can walk the walk, you can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk, right? The talk is meaningless. It's the actions that show the fruit. And the harvest season is the time that we get to see the fruit. Because if you look at a tree, that you can look at several different kinds of fruit trees, and they look similar at first glance. You look at them, and they all have they all have leaves that might look a little similar. Especially if you look at citrus trees, they look very similar. But when the fruit comes out, it's very obvious which ones are lemon trees, and which ones are orange trees, and which ones are lime trees, because the fruit is different, right? And so, even in, even in plants, sometimes you see plants start to come up. And you don't know for sure what the plant is until the flower comes out, right? Till it blooms, till the fruit of the plant comes out. And uh, it could be especially true when plants are young, when they're, when they're young and they're just getting started. If you've ever uh, planted in, in, in a flower bed and then uh, uh, the next season things start to come up again and you're like, is that that plant from last year coming back? Is it the flower or is that a weed? Like, you know, and so you're like, maybe I should pull it because it could be a weed. But then you're like, oh, I don't know. But what if I'm pulling a flower? This thing might be pretty in a few weeks. And so you're, you're not sure what to do until you get to the point that the flower comes up, right? That's when you can tell what it is. Is this something I really want to be a part of, really want to see? And so um, sometimes when we look around at people in our lives, We see them in this state that they're just getting started and they're doing something and they're talking about something. You're like, man, I don't know. Are they going to be good? Is this something I want to be a part of? Is this somebody that's good for my life? Is this something that, that I want to embrace or is this a weed? And we don't know for sure sometimes until we get to the season that their true fruits are revealed. That's the harvest season. That's the season where we finally get to see what's happening. You see, sometimes I get frustrated when I look out on the world and I see people who claim to be, who claim to know the love of God. They claim to know the love of God, but then their actions, their actions reveal that they don't have the fruit of God's spirit within them. The fruit they're bringing is not fruit that God is providing. It's the fruit of the world. It's the fruit of mankind. It's the fruit of the enemy. And We don't really get to see that until it's the harvest season. Jesus tells us that at the time of the harvest is when God sorts the weeds from the wheat. In Matthew 13, he says, he says, the farmer's workers went to him and said, sir, the field where you planted that good seed, it's full of weeds. Where'd they come from? An enemy has done this, the farmer exclaims. Should we pull the weeds, they said? No. He replied, you'll uproot the wheat if you do so. 
Let both grow until the harvest, and then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles, and burn them, and then put the wheat in the barn. Okay, do you understand the metaphor of what's happening here? Jesus ain't talking about weeds and wheat. I mean, he is talking about weeds and wheat, but that's not what he's talking about. That's not the real message. This isn't a gardening message. Jesus wasn't giving you advice on how to tend your flower beds, although it might be better to wait till the weeds get a little taller and see if they're a weed before you pull them because they might be a flower. God's talking about us as people, right? That there are people in this world that are weeds and there are people in this world that are wheat. And if if God looks down now and he sees these things sprouting up and he says, I'm going to pull the weeds now, the problem is it might pull wheat. It might pull the fruit. It might pull the good plants up. Why? The good news is for us as people, we all have the opportunity to choose whether we're going to be a weed or a wheat, right? Now, when a plant comes up, it doesn't get to say, I'm a weed, but gosh, I really want to be a wheat. Maybe one day I'll be a wheat plant. It doesn't get that choice, right? It is a weed or it is a wheat. It doesn't get to choose which one it's going to be, but we get that choice. In fact, we're all actually born as weeds. You were all a weed at one point. You may still be a weed. I, I pray you're not, but we were all weeds at one point. And at some point, we have to choose whether we want to transition from weed, meaning somebody who's not following Jesus, somebody who's outside of the fruit of the Spirit, somebody who's not producing for the kingdom of God. We have to choose from being a weed, and we have to say, I want to be a wheat. I want to be a good fruit. I want to be producing for the glory and the honor of God. The great thing is with the weeds and the wheat is that Jesus has the patience The Father in heaven has the patience to say, I'm not going to harvest this until the end. I'm going to give you every opportunity to transition from weed to wheat because he knows now, he may look down and think about it. There was a point in your life where you were a weed. If you've transitioned to being a follower of Jesus, that's great, but at one point you weren't. And if God pulled you out the first time you showed that you were a weed, we would all be gone right? So we have a gracious God who says, I'm going to give them chance after chance after chance to make that decision, to make that determination so that they can move from the weed category to the wheat category. The harvest season is the season when our true fruit is revealed. Whether that's the harvest season in your life going from week to week, whether that's the harvest season throughout, throughout what happens seasonally, or the harvest season of your soul at the end of time, it's going to reveal the true fruit of who you are. So the harvest season reveals our true fruit, but also the har- in the harvest season, we reap what we've sown. In the harvest season, we reap what we've sown. It's another thing that we get to learn during harvest. Galatians says this, Galatians 6 says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good, for at just the right time we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. That's right. If we don't give up. Okay, as individuals, 
We're going to reap what we sow, right? We're going to, we, we, we're going to see the, 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 the blessings or we're going to see the, 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 the consequences of what we sow in our lives. The harvest season, it can be a joyful season, but it can also be a painful season. It is a joy to go out and see the hard work of your labor paying off, right? You go out as a farmer and you say, wow, I planted this thing, I grew this thing, and now I get to enjoy the fruit of the plant. But it depends on what you sowed. You see, Sometimes we find ourselves constantly in a mess in our lives. We find ourselves constantly in turmoil and despair and things going on. And we're like, well, how did I get here? We got here because of what we're sowing into our lives. And if we're tired of seeing the same fruit, we got to sow something different. Sometimes we, we see that we have a job that we hate. We reap a job that we hate, that we despise. The question is, what are you sowing to grow the better job? Are you honoring the opportunity that you have? Are you, are you showing up on time or on, on early? Are you, are you putting in every effort that you can to show that you are worth something more? Are you giving the work all that you have? Sometimes we, we reap broken relationships in our lives and we want to have good, strong relationships, but what are we sowing that's giving us the broken relationships? We find ourselves, we're finding our relationships in the wrong places. We're going to the wrong place to find them. So they aren't healthy from the beginning. We're harsh with those that are in our lives. And we're ignoring the time we have with those closest to us. And so we wonder why we're harvesting a bad relationship at the end, but we're not sowing the right seeds at the beginning. We reap financial ruin in our lives. We wonder why is it that I'm always struggling struggling financially, but what are you sowing? You keep buying things that you don't need with things that you can't afford. You're putting on a show acting like you have more than you really do, right? We all trying to impress people that we don't know with this stuff, right? You're in debt so deep that if the paycheck doesn't come on Friday, on Monday, there's a crisis coming, right? Because you're sowing these bad seeds, of course you're, you're in financial ruin because you're sowing bad seeds. Or maybe this, maybe you feel far from God. You're, you're like, man, I just, I can't seem to get close to the Father. But what are you sowing? Is your pursuit of God ending when you walk out the door on Sunday? Is this the totality of your pursuit of the Father? If your pursuit is one hour a week, your seed is not getting very deep. It's not getting much water. You're not sowing it in. You aren't spending time in prayer, in study, in fellowship with other believers during the week to encourage you. And you fill your life with godless pursuits. Of course, you're not close to the Father. You're not investing. You're not planting the seeds that are going to grow that deep relationship. In the harvest season, what comes out of the ground is what you planted in the spring, right? It, it's what you planted earlier. So you put it there. If you want to harvest a different fruit, plant some different seeds. Quit sitting around complaining about what you got and change. Change the equation. Put something else in. The harvest season is a great time to reflect and to redirect our life because what we're reaping is what we've sown. And at just the right time, Scripture says, at just the right time, we will reap 
a harvest, a blessing if we don't give up. The blessing is there, but we have to keep sowing the right seed. We sow and we sow and we sow, and the harvest of blessing God promises, it will come. In the harvest season, we reveal our, we reveal our true fruit. We reap what we've sown, but the best part of the harvest season is this. In the harvest season, we rejoice for what God provides. In the harvest season, it is a time to rejoice for what God provides provides. Exodus 34 says, as you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the first harvest to the house of the Lord your God. Bring the best of the first harvest to the house of the Lord your God. You see, the harvest season is a time of thanksgiving, not just for God's people, for all people. Look across the entire world. Civilizations for thousands and thousands of years have recognized that the harvest season is a time where we should be thankful for what we receive. It's a time of festivals, of, of, of celebration, of, of all kinds of rituals. In fact, there's gods of the harvest in all these other cultures throughout history, right? Because they recognize this is a time where we should be grateful for what we've received. When you receive a harvest, are you taking time to celebrate? The question is, when you receive a harvest, are you taking time to celebrate the fruit? Or are you celebrating the one who gave you the fruit, the one who created the fruit? Think about it like this. When you go to somebody's home, if you go visit somebody's home and they cooked you a nice meal and they gave you the meal and you ate it, and you're like, man, this is good. This is some good food. Do you look down at your plate and say, thank you, food, for being good. I really enjoyed you. You were great. No. What do you do? You tell the host, you tell the cook, man, this was really good. Because once you eat that food, it's gone. It's not coming back. You're not going to get any more. You can thank it all day long. It's done. Right? You're not getting a second serving just for thanking the fruit. But if we show appreciation to the one who cooked the fruit, to cook the food, right, to prepare the meal, they might give you another serving. You might get seconds. Maybe they'll make it again for you another time. Or maybe next time they'll give you something even better because they saw how much you appreciated it the first time and how you gave gracious things and said, thank you for what you made. This was so good. And they'll say, that's awesome. I got something you really, you like that? I got something better for you. I'll give you something better next time. <laughs> so God, God keeps serving up amazing dishes to us sometimes. He keeps serving up this amazing fruit to us, and we're enjoying it without showing our gratitude, without showing our appreciation to the one who created it, right? God says that if we are to celebrate he says that we are to celebrate the harvest by setting aside a portion of the very best at the first of the harvest. That's right. Now, this message is not a message that's all about giving, right? But we cannot talk about the harvest season without talking about giving back to God because that's what the harvest is marked for is a time of giving back. Imagine walking into somebody's home and, and they, now, they made your favorite dessert, right? Okay, they made your favorite dessert, right? We're, we're visiting and they made us this favorite dessert. They worked all day to provide you this special treat. And then as you sit down, they say, hey, would it be all right if I had a little bit? And you're like, I, no, you made me this. It's my favorite. I'm not sharing this with you. 
This is all mine, right? See, God says, I want you to just give me a little share back to say thank you. He gave you, he gave you this big old pot, and you're like, hmm, you want a little bit back, huh? I don't know. And not only does he want a little bit back, he wants a little bit back from the first. It says from the first of the harvest, the best, the first. He don't want the crumbs left on your plate at the end. He wants the first of what you have. It's not, I ate my fill and there's a little bit left on the plate. So God, if you want it, you can have it because I did everything I wanted to do and there's a little bit left in my life. So I guess I'll give you a little bit. God says, give it to me at the beginning. Set aside my portion at the beginning so that then you can enjoy the rest of it. When we give back to God, we should be giving first. We should be giving out of the abundance of what we have, not out of the scarcity of what's left. Okay? I love, uh, I, I told Roland I was going to talk about him a little bit, which is probably why he disappeared. Oh, no, he is over there. But uh, so I, I, I love Roland for a lot of reasons. But one of the things that I love about him the most is this. So he uh, he does work, uh, he, has, he has a regular job, but then he has uh, these photography jobs and different things where he gets paid job by job by job. And one of the things I love about him, and I get the benefit of seeing this because of my position, is I see every time he gets a check, I mean, it might be the smallest check to the biggest check, he gives immediately. And how do I know that? Because some weeks he gives three or four times because he did a job on Monday, they gave him a check he gives. He did a job on Tuesday. They gave him a check. He gives. Why? Because he wants to set aside the first for God. He's not going to put it off to the end of the week and see what's left in the account and go, God, I can give you this because that's what's left. He says, no, I'm going to trust you at the front, Lord. I'm going to give you from the beginning the best of the harvest. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to set it aside in thankfulness of what he gave and in trust that he's going to continue to provide more. You see, the harvest season, it's a season for us to receive. It's a season for us to receive as a church, but it's also, it's also a time for us to work. It's also a time for us to work. So, uh, while we can enjoy the blessings of everything, we can enjoy what we, the reaping of the fruit, we can enjoy that. If you're a part of the family of God, we also need to know that it is a time for us to work. It's a call to action. Matthew 9.37 says this. Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says, the harvest is great. There's a lot of work to be done. And he's not talking about harvesting plants, right? He's talking about harvesting souls. He's talking about drawing people back to the Father. And he says, there is so much work out there to be, do, be done, but the problem is there's not enough workers. So we need more workers. And so that's why God calls more into his presence. And as he calls more in, he says, guess what? I need you to go help with the harvest because there's more work because we were called to the harvest. You were called to the harvest, to work the harvest. And the harvest season is actually easier than the planting season, right? It's easier to go around and harvest fruit than it is to plant the fruit. But God says there's less people working the harvest than there are 
planting. There's less workers carrying the load. See, the planting time, it requires you have to clear the soil out, right? You have to pull all the weeds. You have to dig, like, the holes to put stuff in. You have to plant the seeds and get them in there. And then you have to tend to it all through the growth. You have to make sure the weeds stay away. You have to keep it watered. You have to keep it with nutrients. You have to keep it with light. That's the hard part. The harvest time is easy. You walk around and you pull out the fruit. You pull out the fruit. John 4 says this. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike? God is the one that plants. Okay? He's the planter. And we are called to work the harvest. And the good news is the harvest season is the season that brings so much joy because we get to see the fruit of our labor, right? We get to see that what we do, there's an immediate paying off because as we harvest the fruit, we get to see the fruit. So a, a couple of years back, uh, my girls and I, we went out to an apple orchard and it was an apple orchard where they let you pay a fee to get in and then they let you go pick your own fruit. That's crazy. Like they pay to go pick your own fruit, but you walk around and you pick your own fruit and then you pick it and you go pay for it by whatever, how much it weighs, right? And it was so much fun just to walk around and see these, these trees that were covered in apples, all different kinds of apples. And we could just walk up and pull off what we want, throw it in the bushel, and then we carried it up. We paid for it. But we did not do the work, right? We didn't grow this orchard. We just got to go around and have a fun day of picking fruit. That is the fun part. That's the easy part because somebody else did the work. And that's what God's calling us to do is to harvest, to go out and gather the harvest. He's done the hard work. He sent the Spirit already to stir their souls. He's got them stirred and ready, and they're just sitting there ready for somebody to come and harvest and draw them to the Father. And He gives us the opportunity to be a part of that joy. You know, when we got done at the apple orchard, one of the things that we got to do, we went back and of course we had all these apples and you get home and you're like, wow, we picked like 30 pounds of apples. What do we do with 30 pounds of apples? What are you going to do with that? You got to eat these before they go rotten. And so you start thinking up all kinds of things. And one of the things we did is we made a, a, an apple cobbler and uh, we, we, we baked the apple cobbler and we ate it and it tasted so much better than the ones that we got at the store. Now, I think there's two reasons for that. One reason is the freshness of the fruit, right? The ones in the store, they've been frozen on the shelf. Those apples were picked three years ago or something, and they've been <laughs> preserved like crazy. So there's that. But the other reason that apple cobbler tasted so good is because we worked on it, right? We worked on making that cobbler together. We picked the fruit. We put it together. We made it. It was the fruit of our labor, and we got to eat it and enjoy it. And church and serving God is the same way. Sometimes we're content to come and sit in church and watch the good things that God's doing. Man, God's doing a great thing at that church. Look at those new people. Look at these people that are coming to know God. Look at these people that are giving thanks and praise to God. Look at how they're making a difference. Why are we just looking? Why don't we get in there and be a part of the harvest so we can enjoy the fruit of our labor? 
the pie tastes so much better when you put work into it and you didn't just watch it. We talk about this all the time in Anchor Next. It's, 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 like, it's like being on the team or being in the bleachers. You can go watch the Tigers play football. You can sit in the bleachers. You can cheer for them. Lacey cheers really hard, okay? Really hard. We're praying for you. But when the Tigers win the national championship, it'll happen again someday. When they win the national championship, as, as, as excited as Lacey's going to be in her living room screaming at the top of her lungs, it's never going to be as special for her as it is for the players on the field. Okay? So sitting in, the, sitting in the chairs at church and not being on the team is like sitting in the bleachers in the football stadium and not being on the sideline, not being out on the field. You want to be on the field. You want to be a part of what's going on so that every time there is a celebration of what God's done, you don't go, wow, look at what's happening. You go, oh my gosh, look what we did together. Look how God used us. Look at the glory of what God's done. And you feel like you made a difference. The good news is Anchor Next is today. If we hadn't mentioned that already. So Anchor Next is a great opportunity to, to transition from watching in the bleachers to being on the team. Anchor Next is an opportunity to hear about the vision and the passion of what Anchor Chapel is and to find out how you can plug in and be a part of it so that you can be a part of harvesting. One final thought for the harvest. The joy of the harvest carries us through the trials of winter ahead. The joy of the harvest is what's going to carry us through the trials of winter ahead. If you think about a normal harvest, that's when you gather the fruit, you gather everything, and what you have there is going to get you through the winter season, right? Because you're not going to harvest anything more during the winter season. It's going to all be gone. And so you, you, you take that and you, you live off of that because there's trials coming in our life. But when you have seen the harvest of God working in other people's lives, when you've been a part of seeing God change other people and make a difference in their lives, it brings joy to your soul. So that when you start to face hardship, sometimes what God uses to sustain you is the fact that you got to see other people and see other people have God work in their lives, see God make a difference in their life. You are a part of that. And so you see God work in their lives, and then you face hardship, and you go, I saw God work through them, so I believe he can work through me. The harvest is the time that we get to see that. The good news is, for us as a church, the good news is, is that the harvest is always happening. We go through seasons in our life, but the harvest of drawing God's people back to him, it's always happening until we get to that point where God's going to sort the weeds from the wheat. We always get to be in a season of that. There are always lost souls in the world. There's always lost souls in the world. And the church of God will always be in an eternal harvest season. But while it's always happening, the urgent thing we need to know is this, that the, the If we don't harvest the fruit while it's ripe, it may not be there. Have you ever ever seen a a, a tree that has fruit and it's left there through the wintertime? When you come back in 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 the spring, that fruit's not there. It's gone. It's fallen off the tree. It's rotten on the ground. The birds have come and eaten it. It's withered away. And sometimes we have people where God is stirring their hearts 
and they're just waiting for someone to come and draw them to the Father. And they're ripe, and they're ready, and the time is perfect, but the harvesters are few. The work is plenty, but the harvesters are few, and so we miss the opportunity to draw them back. And so by the time we get there, they're no longer ripe. They've receded, and we have to wait for another season for them to come back, for the Spirit to stir them again. We have to move while the fruit is ripe. So in my life, I remember when I was in high school, there was a, a, a young lady that, uh, that was on the, the yearbook staff with me. I, I served on the yearbook staff because I was super cool because that's what the cool kids do. Um, you're looking for how to get cool, that's what you should do. So there was a young lady that served on there with me and I think it was my sophomore year. And uh, she kind of proclaimed to be an atheist, was probably more of an agnostic. She just didn't really believe in a God. And, uh, but we had a friendship and an opportunity to talk throughout the year. And throughout the year, I mean, I never really had, I never really took a chance to talk to her. I never really took that opportunity. She would, she would ask questions, she would say things, but I never really engaged in the conversation because there's always time to harvest, right? But between our sophomore year and our junior year, we had a gap there, right? We had a winter season. And during that winter season, she went on a trip. She went on a camping trip and was backpacking in the mountains. And she fell with her backpack on her back in the river. And she couldn't get out of the river. And she didn't come back. And the fruit that was ripe, it couldn't be picked anymore. Because I missed the season. I missed the season for the harvest. There's not always more time. Sometimes we have to recognize when we have fruit in front of us that is ripe and not just say, yeah, I'm busy. Yeah, but I got other things I want to do. Yeah, but it's going to be awkward. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. The fruit does not always wait. The harvest is an urgent need. It's an urgent season. We should feel the urgency of God saying, the fruit, the harvest is plenty. I just need workers, and I don't need workers tomorrow. I need workers today to harvest my fruit and to draw the people back to me. So this harvest season, it teaches us so much. It teaches us a lot and it reminds us of our call to action. But I want to encourage you today, not just to be content to learn something about the harvest season, not just to learn what God uses it for, but what can you do? What can you do because of the harvest season? The most important question we have to ask is, are you a, are you a weed or are you a wheat? Have you made the decision to say, I am going to follow after the Father. I'm going to follow after Him because I want to produce fruit in His name. I want to be a wheat. I want to be producing good fruit. We don't want you to be fruit left on the tree, so we want to give you the opportunity this morning to be a part of being drawn back to God, to being a part of His great harvest. If you will, if you'll stand with me, 
And then we're going to pray. And if you find yourself unsure of whether you've made that decision, unsure of whether you have made that call to be back in alignment with the Father, to be to be one of His wheat, His chosen ones. We're going to give you the opportunity to just pray along with us this morning and declare your, your desire to follow after Him. And so if you will, if you'll, everyone will just bow their heads with me. We're going to pray. You can pray this along with me. The words aren't magical. It's about declaring to God your heart. So we just say, Heavenly Father, thank you for calling me to you. Thank you for calling me to you. Lord, I just, I declare that I want to be your children. I want to be part of your children. I want to be your child. God, I want to follow after you. God, I want to produce good fruit in your name. Lord, I believe that because of the sacrifice of your son, because of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, I believe that I can come to know you. So Lord, I pray that you would just forgive me for what I've messed up, that you would use me for your glory. Lord, that you would use me to be a part of harvesting others back to you. It's in your name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Anchor Chapel. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries or to support us, you can do that at anchorchapel.com. You can also follow us on social media at Anchor Chapel. Have a great week.